Hi there, Duncan here um, with the uh, weekly roundup of From Poverty to Power blogs. I'm currently um, holed up in an airport hotel in Manila on my way, about to get my plane tomorrow morning back, back to the UK. Uh, I recorded a quick sort of taster for what I've been doing in the Philippines uh, on video, so I'll stick that up on this blog as well. But basically, there'll be a lot of Philippine-related stuff coming out over the next few weeks. Um, back to the blog, though. So uh, Monday, we had links I liked, and I made a fool of myself on April Fool's Day. I believed uh, an April Fool blog and stuck it on links I liked. It was um, a roundup of how to use clickbait approaches to get people to read your academic paper. Things like, we sent a rocket into space and guess what happened next? And I have to say, I thought it was rather good, even though it was an April Fool and I didn't realise. Um, and the, you know, it just makes you think more about the titles of your blogs, because that's what determines um, what, uh, how many people actually click on it. However, it did, I did fall for it, so egg on face. Um, the other link I, I, I put up there, one of the other links, was really interesting uh, piece of, from the World Happiness Report, which comes out every year. Looking at whether money makes you happy, uh, the comparison between GDP and happiness, as measured by the report, and found a third of countries move in opposite directions, GDP and happiness, and this is about over about 120 countries. A third of countries, including India and the US, have got richer but less happy. So, you know, just interesting kind of debate about really whether GDP is a good proxy for well-being and what are the limitations to measuring things like happiness and so on, all good stuff. On Tuesday, we had another in our new series of um, voices from or authors and ideas and content from developing countries. We're still trying to choose a name for that project. But this one is a piece by uh, Palav Dash and Ashish Kotari from India about a new initiative called Vikalp, Vikalp Sangam, which means the confluence of alternatives. They're both long-term uh, activists uh, combining environment and development. And the Vikalp Sangam is a quintessentially Indian uh, attempt to build a platform, a conversation, bringing together different environmental and development alternatives um, and, and, and sort of being going to sort of deep ecology. Really interesting as a kind of different focus and a different approach. So I recommend that. On Wednesday, I went back to our very, very mainstream source, The Economist. I, I remain a big fan of The Economist. I know, it's, I know I shouldn't really, but it's just really good, especially the further you get from economics, I find, the better it is. They had a recent uh, cover story on the new scramble for Africa, which just has loads of really good information on this uh, surge of interest from Turkey, the UAE, India and China we already know about, just a lot of new players opening embassies, opening consulates, doing deals, selling arms, a scramble for Africa as they call it. Um, what conspicuously different, the United States pulling back, reducing aid, reducing spending, um, apparently walking away while the rest of the world is dying to get a piece of the action. Um, <clears throat> Thursday, an old friend from Diffid, Tamsin Barton, has gone on to greater things and is now the chief commissioner of the UK aid watchdog, ICAI. So she and her, uh, uh, her organisation are responsible for scrutinising £14.5 billion of UK aid. Really important role. She's just come in as chief commissioner, so she got in touch and said, can I just do a pitch on the blog to get people to contribute to a public consultation we're having? So if you hear this and you're interested in UK aid, please have a look. They're looking for 
ideas on topics. So if you've got a hobby horse about UK aid, now's your chance to put it on the agenda. But they're also asking whether they're doing the right kind of stuff. Are the products they're producing, the kind of reports they're producing, actually useful or do people have other ideas? So thank you, Tamsin, for that. And then on Friday, the last blog of the week, another in our series from developing countries, this one from Paraguay, which I think is probably the first post on Paraguay ever on From Poverty to Power, by David Riveros Garcia, um, who's an activist um, uh, in Paraguay, making a really good point that anti-corruption work has become a bit of an industry and a bit top-down. And if you want to do it in a lasting, sustainable, effective way, it has to be community-based. So he's looking at the case for bottom-up, community-based anti-corruption work with some good examples from Paraguay. So I'll leave it there. That's, the, uh, that's from Poverty to Power this week. I really like the kind of stuff that um, Maria Faciolinse is digging up from around the world. But I'd like some more feedback from people who listen and read it. You know, is it working, this attempt to, to decolonize Duncan? What do you think of it? How can we improve it? So um, do, do keep talking to us. All right, have a good weekend, everybody.